This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 189 of the Stacey West podcast. I am your host Ben and I'm joined by Gaz, or should I say, I'm your host Victoria and I'm joined by Dawn. Was it Vicky or Dawn? Vicky or Victoria, sorry. It was Victoria. Do you think you would have been shortened to Vicky? It probably would have been shortened to Vicky. I mean, technically, it's Benjamin shortened to Ben, but yeah. So know. you'd have been like Vic. Vicky Pollard. No, I would have been Vic. You'd have been like <laughs> Vicky Pollard. So, yeah. So a little bit of context for people who are thinking that we're um, flying the flag for LGBTQ by um, changing our genders. We are not. Uh, I I had a panic. This is how it started. I had a panic the other day, and I've no idea where it came from. I wondered suddenly why I'd been called Gary. Uh, So born in 1978, at the back of my mind, I thought, oh, it might be after Gary Cooper, you know, the Western star and the film star. Then I realised that my mum was into the Bay City roles and glam rock. Uh, My Mm -hmm. fear was that I'd been named after Gary Glitter, (laughs) which um, nobody wants. So I asked mum and she was like, no. And I wanted to know what I would have been called if I was a girl. And uh, she said, Dawn Teresa. So, um, but not after not after anything. Gary wasn't after anybody, and Dawn wasn't after anyone. And I'm I'm actually feeling disappointed that I was just given a random name. It's like, oh yeah, let's just call it Gary or Dawn. Honestly, <laughs> honestly. But, uh, yeah, no, I I uh, I, I had a uh, I had a conversation um, with my mum a few years back, and she she said, oh yeah, if you were, if you were a girl, we were going to call you Victoria. I was like, oh, okay. And then uh, you asked me, and I didn't want to tell you just because I knew it'd wind you up, and it did. And then you put yep, the question yep, yep. on. You put the question on Twitter, and um, it was guessed within about half an hour. Yeah, so. it was. The only thing is, you were the, you said, "I'll tell you if you get it right," and, it's, and then you told us that it was the second half of the alphabet. Yeah, and then you ruled yeah. out another letter as well. And it's like, do you know what? I just can't be asked to go through girls' names. <laughs> <laughs> I asked Fee, I told Fee all of the criteria. So I said to Fee, you know, we're guessing what Ben would have been called. It's the second part of the alphabet if he was a girl. And she went, Nigel. 
<laughs> so I don't think she quite got it. And now she's in the office and I'm getting stared at. <laughs> uh, it's all right. It's leftovers for dinner anyway. So I don't yeah. need to worry about not getting dinner. I mean, the the biggest realisation of of, uh, of my formative years was when I was watching um, the Bohemian Rhapsody movie a couple of years ago. And I saw the dates on it and I was like, hang on a minute. That was nine months before I was born, and my mum was a massive Queen fan. Oh dear. Um yeah. That was well, was one of those moments. I don't understand. Well, Live Aid was was like Queen's big gig, wasn't it? And it's like, you know, maybe maybe the gig I'm I'm not gonna oh, talk right. about it. Okay, I thought yeah. your middle name was Freddie or something like no, that. No, 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 no. Like like Live so Aid. You're happened, suggesting that Live Aid then... was a catalyst for your mum to enjoy herself. Yes. Which Well I'm is... a November baby. Nine that's... months ago was Valentine's Day. So Yeah, well, that's fair enough then. Um I'm nearly so... nine months to the day from Valentine's Day, November the nineteenth. So... Yeah, can we stop talking about like parents getting yeah, anyway. Um I think one of the reasons that we desire to break free. (laughs) Sorry, go on Uh, then. I think one of the reasons we're kind of rambling a little bit at the start is because, like, we've got two games to talk about, but we don't have a preview because, obviously, you know, it's it's back to being yeah, it's back to being the tradition of you know this weekend is every Lincoln City fan's uh, Christmas shopping day, isn't it? So. yeah, I mean, let's 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 talk about uh, more. Come on Saturday, uh, obviously, you know, coming off the back of a very strong performance um, the week before, you know, we, we looked really good, and everyone. Well, I think I, I think I spoke to you and uh, and the guys in the in the chat afterwards and said, you know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, if you play like that against Morecambe, then we'll we'll, we'll win easily, and it's like it's not going to happen. Like we, they will set up differently. They will play a different game, and. Uh, you know, we we won't be able to play like that because they'll stop us playing, and that's kind of what happened. But I think it was a, a solid enough performance on Saturday, and I think we deserved the three points in the end, um, and came away with you know a, a decent win. Um, a fair assessment, ish. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I uh, painfully, I, there's elements of what we did against Morecambe was better than the week before against Plymouth. Um, our XG was better. I know everyone loves a bit of XG. We played more passes. Our passes including more, Mark more Kennedy, more. as you found Yeah, out. exactly. Including Mark Kennedy, who talked about XG in his interview. Literally, it was, Chris drove me home. because Obviously, I'd had a few drinks on Saturday. And Mark Kennedy said about, I love XG. And I, I just cheered in the background. I hadn't said anything for about 10 minutes because I was, I was looking at the league table and wondering if I'd got it upside down, like what we're doing ninth. And um, yeah, Mark Kennedy said about XG. But our, our XG was better. Our possession was better. We lost the ball um, on, on fewer occasions. And we uh, won a comparable amount of jewels. I mean, uh, numbers-wise, statistically, we were actually better against Morecambe. Now, when you, when you take in the level of opposition and you take in a few other bits and bobs, you know, technically we weren't. Our XG was 2.61. Well, we had two great chances either side of half-time. I mean, let, let's talk about the first half first of all. Let's kind of break it down a little bit. We thought we started really well on the front foot. Mm-hmm. They came to set up, I think, to defend. I think they were going to be happy with doing what Accrington did to us, stopping us scoring, and, and then if they need to press forward, they, they would. Um, we scored. And then actually, do you know what? I thought Morecambe were a decent side. Um, yeah. They started playing some nice football. 
it did leave them open at times. TJ should have made it 2-0 just before half-time. Um, mm. But I just thought it was a it was a decent game of football. It wasn't blood and thunder like the year, like the week before. Um, it was uh, it was probably a little bit more controlled on our part. We had to control possession a little bit more. We had to have more of more of the ball. Um, but they still won. They still had more possession overall. And I think that was the big question for me beforehand: was two teams that are comfortable out of possession. How are we going to do? Yeah, you know, are we just going to both stand there looking at the ball in the centre circle? You know, like that Simpsons sketch. Um, but it, it, you know what? It was a good game of football, and we did what we needed to do in the first half: get a lead and keep a clean sheet. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the um, that there was a little bit of frustration around me towards the uh, the end of the first half, as you know, started playing it around the back and and you know playing it. And I just thought to myself, you know, I I, I don't mind that. You know, we'll one nil up. We'll we'll try and control the possession, and you know, if we can, we'll hit them. And I know you kind of. Immediately, immediately came back as you always do, and said, "Well, no, actually, we didn't have the ability. We didn't really hit him on the break because there wasn't that many chances. But the opportunity was there. That if you know we had the possession and we had the you know, um, if if they tried to commit too much, uh, too many men forward, we could have hit him on the break if we wanted to. And we know that we can do that. Um, it was just it was literally no counter attacks with shots for either side, which is really mm-hmm. interesting." Mm. I mean, the thing is, though, it, it didn't. It, it wasn't as frustrating to me as as things have been, where you know we're, we're maybe chasing the game, or you know it's it's nil nil or one all at the time. You know, I think being one nil up allows you the freedom to do that. You don't have to attack all the time and you know play blood and thunder, as you said. You know, like we did against Plymouth. If we're in control of the game, and it's it's one of the biggest cliches you could possibly hope to say, but. If you're in control of the game and you keep the ball, the opposition can't score. Like you can't score without the ball. So, yeah, I mean, we didn't it, keep the ball, did we? They had more possession as well. Well, yeah, but like, when we're passing it around the back, when, yeah, and, and yeah, you, do you know what? I'm being I'm being kind of facetious. Um, of course, you are a little bit. And we we had to play it across the back a little bit more. We had to have, as you say, the possession. The counter attack was was never really on. I understand what you're saying about that, um, but we. we that's that, that's the nature of the game. Plymouth wanted to have the ball. Plymouth wanted to hit us. And and actually, it's the Plymouth game where we're more likely to counter-attack. We're not going to counter-attack mm. against a team like Morecambe. They were happy still to, to, to sit deep. And the game before, actually, the only game before this that we didn't need a team had any counter-attacks was Charlton, which was the mm. worst game of football I've ever seen. And I watched us <laughs> yeah. lose, lose 6-0 against Rotherham. And it was, it was yeah, that was more, more impressive. I, I understand what you're saying. And it annoys me as soon as a ball goes back, everyone goes, oh, we're going back again. Yeah. You know what? I can say it. Mark Kennedy doesn't get away with it. I can. If that's if that's your attitude, you actually don't know anything about football. And it re- that really is the truth. If you think that you're not going to play backward passes, because they, we say it every week, and I'm not criticising individuals, I'm not saying it's on social media, it's people around me. They'll go, oh, we're playing backwards, get it forward, you play it forward, lose it. Not that way. It's yeah. like, it's great that you have this thing in your head that you, that's, you can see what you want it to be like, but that's not how it works. I, 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 I can sit here now and I can see an image in my head that's as good as anything Van Gogh could do. Do you know what I mean? But it doesn't mean I'm a master painter. I just, yeah. But it didn't wind me up because um, mainly I was a little bit drunk. Um, but also it was, <laughs> I, do you know what? I, just, I just thought first half was a good game of football. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it was... Uh... It was, what do we think of the goal? Whose was it? Well, I've I've seen it from another angle, and it's a deflection off their defender, so it's Sanders. 
Oh, is it off their defender? Because everyone's giving it yeah. to Walsh, shouldn't they? Yeah. Um, while I'm while I'm talking about it, I will send you the clip. Um, but yeah, it's it. Um, it was at the time. It was a free kick where I thought, you know, what that doesn't look that dangerous as soon as he struck it. it should be yeah, with yeah. you now. Um, but it kind of it was a, a weird height for the keeper. You know, it was it it looked like it p- could have potentially been an easy save if the keeper was there, but. You know, obviously, it took the deflection, um, and it went in. And as as you can see on on that I, video, I don't think that's Sanders. I think you that's think that's an own, own goal. goal. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. Yeah, it's an own goal. The thing is, if, Joe, if it was going to be given to Joe, it doesn't matter whether it comes off a defender or an attacker. Um, it's if it changes the trajectory of the ball sufficiently, I, I think that's an own goal. It, it, although, isn't it if the shots on target, if the shots going the in. Yeah, I think yeah, well, you know, but e- either way, like I, it, it's not Joe Walsh's goal. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I think that's a, I think that goes to uh, to Max. Um, but I was, I was really happy for him, at, you know, at the time because uh, that's that was two and two in the league, um, and it it put us in good stead. And like you said, you know, we were able to to sort of keep control for a little bit. But I, I do think Morecambe came back quite well, and I think. It's it's almost like people were saying about our style of football last season was that the the way that they play and that the game that they were playing sort of belies their position. I think they're doing. I, I think they played a better game than their position suggested that they would do. Um, they tried to play a better game. Yeah, they tried to play yeah. a better game than their position. What they lack is the talent in key areas. That that's yeah. what they lack. They lack the. You know, if Max Melbourne is a starting player for them at this level, um, then in my opinion they are a. And this is no disrespect to Max, but if that's the quality that it needs to be a first team player at Morecambe, they're a bottom sixteen. Mm. Um, and yeah, I got that. For you might remember me saying that about Max last season when he was starting in in, in our defence. Um, he, you know, he showed great character. He's a great character to have, in my opinion, Max. I think he always shows the right level of application. But ability-wise, I'm not sure that he's he's certainly not a top ten. And more come yet, we know we're not a top ten league one side. Um, I think they've got a good manager. I just think that they haven't got the backing. And yeah. and in January, if they had the backing and and they could bring in two or three players. I mean, Jensen Weir, the lad that scored their goal, I thought he had a decent game. He's on loan from Brighton. Mm-hmm. Decent player, really, really good technique, but not something that's echoed around the side. And, and yeah. if they played football the way that they played against us, with two or three bigger, better players, and that's no disrespect to to what they've got now, but you know, a stronger squad, yeah, they could they could probably be like an Exeter or a Cambridge rather than a a bottom four side like NK Dons. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the I think that's the key, isn't it? It's going to be a resource thing rather than than anything else if they uh, if they do end up sticking around in the bottom four all season which yeah we'll we'll see what january brings and uh, it it may well suggest that that's the case but i mean yeah, yeah, maybe... thing, just, to, just to say derek adams actually said that he thought his team deserved something from it but their xg was 0.9 and ours was um 2.61 so actually in terms of balance of play um if you if you take a a, a one you know it could have been 3-0 could have okay. been 3-0 to save so yeah so, um, yeah, I mean, moving, I was going to say, moving into the second half, um, yeah. it, it sort of got, it, it felt to me like it was a little bit of a tighter game. Um, it, it didn't necessarily, you know, 
spark into life at any point and uh, and and you know blossom into the kind of game that we saw the previous week. But um, I, I was you know again really happy to see uh, to see Ben House get his goal, and I kind of thought at that point that the game was wrapped up. It didn't necessarily feel like Morecambe had a huge amount to offer. But then they came back and um, obviously, you know, uh, Stockton hit the post from however many yards out it was. And I'm not allowed to have, I'm, I'm not allowed to, I'm not allowed to have my opinion on Mr. Stockton. You're, you aren't allowed to have your opinion. It, all I'm saying is it was wrong. That's all I was saying. You're allowed to have your opinion. It was wrong. And I hurried out of my bath in just my robe uh, to get down here and prove, prove you wrong. Uh, that is basically. such a disturbing statement on so many levels. Um, well, Fee thought I'd gone to bed, and uh, she came kind of upstairs, and I met her as coming upstairs with our kind of nighttime cup of tea. And there's me rushing downstairs because what are you doing? <laughs> I've just got to get on the internet and prove Ben wrong. And she's like, "Yeah, no." I, I was going to say, I can just imagine you, just imagine you running out of the bathroom, going, "Ben's wrong on Twitter." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ben's done a stupid. Which you hadn't. You're entitled to your opinion. Like I say, I just, I, I thought your opinion was wrong. And the silly thing is, of course, if I'd come down and your opinion was right, I wouldn't have said anything. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. Um, no, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I thought, um, I thought that Stockton made a bit of a difference to them. They, they looked a bit sharper when he came on. Um, and as annoyingly as it is that you're the one that said it, like he was doing the stuff that doesn't necessarily get reflected in the stats. He was causing problems. He was, <sighs> he, he, you know, he, he does, he did. And I can't I, believe I'm having to argue both sides of this. So I argued <laughs> one side of it. You didn't argue back. So then I tweeted you and said, you should have said this. And now you're on here saying this. It's basically like I'm talking to myself. Yeah. yeah that's fair, fair enough. Um, but no, I, I thought, you know, he, he, he looked he looked semi-decent when he came on. Um, but I think, yeah, the, the, the goal from Weir was, um, was, was another good strike. And I think similar to, um, I think similar to the, the goal against Plymouth, uh, the Gulf of Plymouth um, last week, where you know we all kind of sat there and said, "Well, that's just a really good strike from a decent team." You know, there's not a huge amount you can do about that. It was a really good finish. Um, some people, you know, criticising Jamie Robson a little bit for his header out, but when you watch it back, when you watch it back, you, you can't really do too much about it because he is sort of falling at the time he heads it, and you know, it was just unfortunate to, as to where it landed. Like you can't blame him for that at all. Um, but no, so, de- decent strike didn't really give uh, didn't really give Rushworth any chance, did he? No, so I'll pick the bones out of that because there's, there's three things for me to pick up on there. Uh, first of all, obviously our goal we should have scored before it. Joe Walsh had a really good opportunity um, immediately before it, and actually our xG in the second half was one point three two, so we were as likely to score a goal in the second half as the first half and created as good a chances in the second half in the, as the first half. So. In terms of numbers, it was every bit as good. You're quite right, actually. It wasn't um, It wasn't quite as good. But Joe Walsh should have scored. Um, ben House did score. And for me, I, I as soon as we went 2-0, I thought we're not going to lose this. I know we lost the 2-0 lead against Fleetwood earlier in the season. I know we did the same against MK Dons in, in, on uh, Boxing Day. But it, it never felt to me like we were, we were going to lose it. The second goal was crucial. Um, mm-hmm. But that could have been 4-0 because TJ had the great opportunity before half-time. Joe yep. Walsh has had the opportunity after half-time. It could, you know, could have been 4-0. And I'll tell you something, people walking away, if it's 4-1 at the end of the game, 
and the game is exactly the same apart from those two balls going in, people coming away going, we took them apart, we dismantled them, blah, blah, yeah. blah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. real results reactivity rather than performance reactivity. And I, that's one of my pet hates, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I was being a little bit facetious about Stockton, if I'm honest, I, you know, because I know I can be with you and you understand it. If I put that to somebody else on the internet, they'd go all that bearded twats at it again kind of thing whereas at least I know with, with you yeah you say the same things but you understand I didn't think that Cole Stockton had the impact uh, that they would like him to have had he looks mm. to me like he's a little bit lazy and a little bit disinterested he's a big unit he's a good focal point for an attack yeah he had the shot that came off the post and that makes people think oh Cole Scott Stockton could have scored but it was his only chance and when he can what was it aerial duels I can't remember or, or, or defensive duels or whatever six and he only won one one touch in the box when they had four shots two on target and that's just in the second uh, six shots two on target in the second half you're thinking well well actually what was he doing you know he's an easy figure that's that's kind of why i picked up on it because it's easy to go scold cole stockton scored a lot of goals last season we all know who he is he's changed the game from whereas actually that does a little bit of a disservice to the 10 players on the field that actually did put themselves about but he is a focus and he does take up somebody and they do go to him. And it kind of, that's what I used to say about John Akindi. It's not everything that he does on the ball. It's what he does off it. Yeah. And we'll come back to Stockton, doubtless, when we talk about the the, the trophy game. But I just think, um, and for fear of, of sounding offensive and I don't want to, it feels a little bit lazy, not on your part, perhaps, but it feels a little bit lazy to say Stockton changed the game when, you know, actually, I thought they'd had a decent first half as well. Um, yeah. And then on, uh, and then on to their goal. You're quite right, Jamie Robson. There's nothing you can do about that. The ball's coming. You've got to head it away. For me, if there's a fault, and I'm not picking a fault with the goal, it's reacting to the ball when it comes out. You've got to have one of your midfielders or one of your, your players there contesting that ball straight away, so it's not a free hit. But I've also on the pod said loads of times there doesn't have to be a fault for every goal. No. You can see the goal, and and when you're a fan who concedes a goal, you're always looking for blame. We do it. We do it all the time. And what I've seen when we've scored goals and I've gone, oh, that's a bloody good goal. And you look at the reaction from the other team and it's like, oh, such and such done this or such and such done that. You always see the goals very differently. It was just a goal. You can see goals. What it wasn't was a blatant mistake like Bolton, Sean Rowan's throw in. It wasn't a, uh, Adam Jackson pulling their player down for a penalty. It wasn't that sort of thing. It wasn't a misplaced pass leading to a break. It was a goal. Um, but I didn't think, you know what, at no point after they scored, no, at no point during the game did I think they were going to score. Even when they scored, I didn't think they were going to score. And then after that, I never felt that we were going to lose the game either. It yeah. might have been that Camden IPA from the tipsy, which, by the way, I was extremely lucky to get one of the last pints off before they ran out. <laughs> um, firmly recommend it. So, yeah, I, I, always, I just felt really comfortable. Yeah. Really comfortable. And what was really interesting was some of, and again, I'm not calling fans out because I don't. But somebody on the internet, I can't even remember who it was, had put, you know, good to get the win, but all oh, that second half was a tough watch. Was it? Were you at were you at Lincoln and Charlton? Because that was a tough watch. That second half there, that wasn't a tough watch at all. That was a, a, a team ninth in League One. If you're yeah. coming out of us beating Morecambe 2 1 and going ninth in the table, and your first thought is to moan about the quality of the second half, back to the armchair. Pop, pop the Premier League on if that's what you want to watch, or, or you know, go and watch, watch some of the World Cup or whatever. Don't don't bother coming to watch Lincoln because you know it's not for you, mate. Of course, yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of well, that's really Morecambe um, on on Saturday in the league and coming away yeah. from the game. I think. Yeah, sorry. I, yeah, go on. I, th- I, th- I think coming away from the game, looking at the league table, it was 
it was a very, very pleasant surprise. Um, we, we will sort of touch on this uh, towards the end of the podcast, but like, in spite of the moaning and, you know, some of the, the, the sort of indifference to some of the results recently, you know, obviously the, the discussion a couple of weeks ago of, you know, are we unbeaten at home or have we only won one in seven, all that sort of discussion and the, those topics, it's like, the, all the points that we've been getting and all the performances we've been putting in, the fact that we're now ninth in the table was just brilliant. And yes, it's a tight pack. Yes, it's a tight group of you know teams. But it, yeah, it, coming away from the ground on, on Saturday just felt so nice looking at my phone. And by the way, we did have a very brief break and uh, there shouldn't be any scratching on Gary's audio anymore. I think it was coming through the wrong place. So carry on, Gary. Yes. I was talking out of the wrong hole, apparently. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, you're quite right. And and the thing is, you can make anything, you can kind of tailor anything to make your point, not you specifically, anybody in general, as I've proved with, with the Cole Stockton thing, because you can say, yep, ninth in the table, but other people will go, well, we could be 16th, there's only three points. You yeah. can go, yeah, we're unbeaten at home, but someone will still go, yeah, I've only got two wins at home before bloody December. That's not good enough. So you can make it look any way you want. And it was real. There was a classic exchange, I think, on, on my Twitter. And again, I can't remember who it was, where somebody said, wow, only three points. Uh, we're 12 points clear of the bottom four. That's brilliant. And someone else put, well, I prefer to say that we're three points off the playoffs. And, you know, mm. I don't even think it's glass half empty, glass half full. I think it, it reflects whether you're a pessimist or an optimist. My first thought, honestly, was we're not going to be bottom at Christmas, in the yes. bottom four at Christmas. Because that was how, you know, after yeah. the Cambridge game, we had a podcast and it was the most miserable podcast that we've had yeah. because it, we looked poor, we looked clueless, we didn't know where we were going. And I think since the Port Vale game, um, things have changed significantly. And, and even against Accrington, people can talk to me about Accrington and say it was a bad performance or whatever. It wasn't. It was a bad result. It was still a draw. People get performance and result mixed up. We had something like, uh, I've got it in front of me, was it nine shots, seven on target that game? Um, I've still got second halves only spot uh, set up on wide scout. So it was something like nine shots, seven on target. Um, you know, it, it would have been a clean sheet, would have, could have, should have. I know. And other people say, well, we're ninth, but oh, we shouldn't have beat Ipswich and we shouldn't have beat Barnsley. That just, and I say, well, we're ninth, but we could have beaten Forest Green. We could have beaten such. So you, yeah. at the end of the day, we're competing at the right end of the table. I'm not saying we're competing at the top of the table. I'm saying that we're competing in the top half of the table right now. Four or five games down the line, we might be 15th, 16th again. My personal feeling is if we finish 13th this season, it's a good season. And it was interesting listening to people coming out of the ground. I love doing it. I love getting out of the ground before dad. And that's unusual because he's like, he wants to be out and the board's up. He doesn't want to hang around. He wants to get the door shut. Get that fucking violet boy. Um, even though he ain't got a fire anymore. Uh, but I'll stand there because if he goes to the loo, that can take ages. Do you know what I mean? Like, fuck <laughs> it. Um, and normally you're listening to people coming out moaning. Accrington, they were coming out going, it's going to be a long, hard season. I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, what, I mean, what do you want? There wasn't a lot of moaning. There was people saying it was tough, but there was people, it was nearly all, we got the job done. And I think that it's the first time this season we've seen us get the job done against the team that we should get it done against and bring three points home. So I think that's massive. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the, the other thing as well, um, you know, I mentioned this on, on social media and it's like, you look at the top nine, You've got Plymouth, who, in my mind, are ex-championship. You know, it may have been a while ago, but they're ex-championship. Ipswich, former Premier League. Sheffield Wednesday, former Premier League. Peterborough, ex-championship. Bolton, former Premier League. Barnsley, former Premier League. Portsmouth, former Premier League. Derby, former Premier League. And then you've got us. It's, it, 
it is really bizarre reading looking at that. I mean, if you'd have given that to, you know, young Ben or young Gary and said, this is what the table is going to look like in 2022. And you would have seen the, the the teams that we'd be mixing it up against. You would have been, you'd been laughed out of the room. Um, yeah, I was, I was going to pull you up on that, but actually you're quite right. Six years in the championship Plymouth. I didn't realise they'd had that many during the Keith years and that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's well, that's well, the thing. I mean, like, obviously, you know, I think I, they they've kind of been known for for tailing off in the you know the second half of the season but i think obviously a bit of you know bit of a preview for later on i think they've got enough to to go the distance this season and i can't really see too many teams getting ahead of them but yeah i mean it's it's um it, it's just a fantastic spot to be in at the moment and i think it's it's maybe a little bit of maybe a little bit of vindication for for mark kennedy because i think Ultimately, when he came in, a lot of people very, very unsure. We were very unsure. You know, I think we 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 weren't necessarily jumping for joy or massively overexcited about things. I think we we sort of thought it was a uh, you know it was an appointment. But seems like he's doing the right things. He's learning from his mistakes. I think that's one thing that is is very clear. You know, he's obviously picking up things as they go. And one thing that is quite clear to me is that he's, he seems to be quite focused on not completely eliminating them because you know mistakes will always happen but it, it seems to be focusing a little bit on reducing the number of individual errors because you go back to a few of the games and you mentioned it there like you know Sean Rowan against Bolton that was an individual mistake that led to a game a result that probably we could have won you know in hindsight but there were two silly mistakes and they gave away two goals it's like it, it seemed to have been individual mistakes that cost us goals a few weeks ago. Whereas now, you know, two weeks on the trot, the only goals that we've really conceded have been decent goals. Um, I'm not talking about Tuesday night just yet, but, you know, in the league, we've only really conceded two very good goals in the past two games. I, I take your point on it. I, don't, I think I think actually Mark Kennedy's focused more on, rather than cutting out individual mistakes, correcting where we've gone wrong as a team that have led to individual mistakes yeah. and one of that was four at the back. And, and to be fair, take the two mistakes out of the Bolton game, we still didn't look like scoring in it. So it would have mm. still been a, it would have been a, a, a draw. But I see your point. We're making fewer individual mistakes. I yeah. think as a manager, it's really hard to legislate against them. I, th- I think if you're the boss, you can't kind of go, right, we're going to work on you not doing this silly thing that you've done once. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think in, in his interviews that he's had, he's said, you know, that, to a point, he doesn't mind a mistake being made because as long as people learn from them. And I think that's the attitude rather than hanging players out to dry for them, which I know we've seen in the past. You yeah, know, that's if, a fair point. You know, if somebody somebody makes a mistake, it's it's not been, you know, it, that's not the big neon flashing sign that says someone screwed up. It's now, okay, cool, you know, they've made a mistake, but they'll learn from it. We'll move on as a team and, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll try and stamp it out. Yeah, as a man manager, I do. I like some of his post-match interviews. I mean, when we've done well, he'll always say, oh, that's not me, that's the players. And when we do badly, he kind of deflects it, as he did against Chippenham. And um, yeah, last season, I can't remember where we were away from home. Might have been away. It wasn't Charlton, because we won at Charlton. But Max Sanders got called out after he started. It might have been away at Portsmouth when we yeah, lost yeah. 3-2. Um Mark hasn't done that. And when there was an error, which was potentially Accrington, and I think afterwards he said, you know, we've made an error in the lead-up to the goal, they wouldn't name who it was. And I, I kind of like that. Um, and, and, yeah, 
I'm not going to say I wasn't excited when he was appointed because um, I, I always kind of buy the club's rhetoric because I'm easily influenced like that. Um, so when I kind of spoke to people at the club before he was announced, they said, this is what we're going to do when we're really excited and it's a good fit. I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, it sounds like a great fit. Nobody knows. I know I'm in the know. Oh, it's going to be great. Um, my worry was the signings. My worry was the recruitment. And I remember going to the sponsors' dinner. And not sponsors' dinner. It was like it was a meet and greet thing a, 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 for a, a sponsors' thing. And I, I remember going there and I got a lift with uh, my friend Roy and I was, I was chatting to him. And I said, you know, at the minute, I'm worried. I'm worried because I don't see... I don't see where the goals are coming from. And bear in mind, at that point, we hadn't signed Matty Virtue. We hadn't signed Jack Diamond. Um, mm-hmm. I think we'd signed Jordan Garrick at that point. No, we hadn't signed Jordan Garrick at that point. So it was justified, but you know, really the season started against Cambridge. My thought is if we got all that business done, and it's not that easy, by the way, if we got all that business done by the first game of the season, we could be three, four, five points better off now. So yeah. Lincoln City could be in the playoffs. That's utterly ridiculous, by the way. Yeah. Utterly ridiculous that we could be in the playoffs. Any chance you can mute that, by the way, Ben? Because I can hear it coming through the screen. Mute what? Something going doo-doo. That was it? You know what? Well, this is going to be embarrassing, isn't it? Did you hear it? No. I don't, and we can't ask the listeners if they heard it, because by the time they answer it, it's pointless. Whenever you get, I wonder if it's my WhatsApp and you can't hear it, because Chris probably has just is. something about something, hasn't he? Yeah, probably it might be yours, because my, my computer's on, no, my, 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 my computer's my, through my headphones. Yeah, mine's through my headphones, so nobody will hear it either way, just me. Everyone will be going, what is he talking about? He's picking on Ben again <laughs> for no reason, apart from Rachel, who will be going, yeah, in the background. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, should we? With thirty-three minutes in, we've only talked about one game so far. I know it's not bad. We're not, not going to need to do the filler bit that we talked about. <laughs> we talk about my MOT. Do you want to hear a quick MOT story? Go on then. So my car was in for its MOT this week, and uh, I, I took it to the garage in Louth. The last uh, I, there's an irony here that the last time I took it to the garage in Louth, it was to try and find an odd squeaking that I had on the front end, and it was just and they they got rid of this odd squeaking in the front end. Um, so this time, anyway, she rings me up and she goes, uh, you cast through the MOT. She goes, yep, really good. Pleased with it. She goes, we do just have one. Well, it's not an advisory as such. It's just something you need to sort. And I'm like, what's that then? She goes, uh, unfortunately, when we were checking the headlights, she goes, we found the body of a mouse has curled up in your uh, behind your headlights. <laughs> so it looks like it's just curled up there and died. Uh, we can't, we, we don't have the facility that we don't get rid of them. So you're going to have to do that yourself. And of course I made a joke about, well, yeah, great. This time you found a squeaking on the front end kind of thing. So I came back and it gets worse. So I've, I've kind of gone to the car, popped the bonnet, thought I'll get this little mouse out. And I looked down behind the, um, the, the, the light and, this probably, I mean, I'm showing you on the screen. It's what two, three inches maybe, and you can see it's got a nose. No, so that's not. That's that's about nine inches. Isn't nine it? inches, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. Um, uh, so I thought, right, I'm going to get it, but it, it was all wrapped up in something like it had got a vine or something growing round it. Why the hell's that? So I went and got a glove. Oh, bloody hell! Because you live up here, you get leaves and stuff. So I started pulling it. And, and this thing, it goes down uh, down into my engine cavity. It wraps around the light. You know, it, I'm thinking, what the hell is this? It's like it's something in the jungle. Then it dawned on me. The little thing behind the light wasn't a little mouse at all. It's a rat's head. And the yeah. vine that goes down and round is the rat's uh, spine and tail. And uh, I'll tell you something. You're laughing and joking about it. 
this thing must be it must be that big it's absolute and by that big that is a that what, is eight, about nine, nine ten inches, inches. Oh. I, it's made me, and it's mummified and obviously rotted oh man i can't even pull it out i've tried it, it's all wrapped round. it started cracking as i was pulling it out and oh. i looked at what i got in the gloved hand and i could see the little rings you know that they have around the tail oh i'm just like do you know what it's already decomposed for now so i'm gonna leave it in there i never even noticed a smell in my car so that's how bad my car smells oh, normally jesus christ big 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 old rat as well that's awful i I've got uh, yeah. Pass the, the MOT then. <laughs> wow, my MOT is coming up in a week and a half, and currently my front uh, my front right wheel rattles whenever it goes over something. So that's going to be an expensive one. Um, Ooh, hang on, this is interesting. What Chris this, has just sent us, yeah, is I saw, yeah, head of recruitment analysis. He's he's our head of recruitment analysis, Mister Hutchinson. Yeah. Oh, he's obviously been at Grimsby before. I don't understand what, how, why he's left the club then. That's a bit okay. of a blow. Where he held a similar position for the last three years. He's a former Grimsby player. Um, mm. It doesn't say that we've got rid of him. So that's interesting. More on that as it breaks. Yeah, right. Well, I, 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 mm. Interesting one. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, we'll move on to Tuesday then. Um, second time in a week that we were going to play Morecambe. I think everybody expected a different kind of game. Uh, full disclosure, I didn't go. Um, also, full disclosure, I didn't see it. I listened to it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it sounded kind of as we expected it to, for, for most of the most of the game. Like It didn't sound like it was, again, too high octane, too high tempo. Um, but it did give us a, a slight, you know, insight into how things are going with uh, a couple of the players. Most obvious one, Tom Hopper starting, um, was, was a big one, a big plus for the club. Um, and then the other, you know, big plus was Teddy Bishop coming on, um, in place of Tom, uh, in the second half, uh, which, you know, indicates that he's at least somewhere back to near full fitness. And thank you, Gary, for laughing because... Yes, my. I, for some reason, I had it in my head that Bishop started on uh, on on Tuesday night, but uh, no, he came on for Tom. Um, no, decent, decent result. Um, I mean, it, again, it just sounded. I think they even used the words on the radio at one point. This feels a bit like a training game. Um, so, you know, whether that was sort of whether it just kind of fizzled out or what, I don't, I don't really know. But um, coming away, you know. Jordan Wright again being the penalty uh, penalty shootout hero, saving two, um, and it's put us in the next round. I mean, we'll, we'll no doubt touch on uh, touch on what the the Papa John's trophy means to people and all the rest of it. But um, it's I believe there was twenty grand in the pot on Tuesday night that's you know gone into the club's coffers. So decent result and um, a relatively okay performance by the sounds of it. Yeah, I didn't go and I didn't listen to it either. I had the first half on, but I was playing pool and we got uh, some new music on the jukebox. So in the <laughs> second half, we put the music on. Um, I've watched some highlights back, actually. There were certain players I wanted to watch. I was a bit disappointed. Jack Davenport didn't play. I think he was injured. Mm. I think he might have played. Um, I, I like the fact we went to a four at the back. I think that Mark is still trying to find a way to make that work that makes us 
not not look susceptible. Um, I think that there were some real positives from from what I can understand, from what I've seen, and from the highlights I've seen. Obviously, Tom coming back, he had an all right game, but you don't expect a player to come back and, and kind of explode onto the scene from injury. So he's come in, he scored a goal, uh, and that's a good option for us going forward. Especially now we have. To kind of two cup games we've got a really busy December actually coming up fixture wise mm-hmm. it's it, 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 it's pretty packed we play Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday I think for the last two weeks before Christmas um, Ted Bishop coming in is obviously good uh, I've done an article today which I think should be going live any minute now by the time you listen to this it'll certainly be live about where the, the, the fit the freshly fit players are going to fit in and with Ted it's hard to say because I've always said he's not a winger but we Diamond and and, and Mandrew and um, Burnham have not really been playing as touchline hogging wingers of late. They've been tucked in a little bit, a much tighter three, almost like two tens behind behind a nine. Ted would be custom made for that, uh, especially if he's got a fullback that's going to be doing the overlapping and doing the running. If you can play him on the left of that with Jamie Robson, who I think has got real good pace and can get forward and can deliver balls into the box, that could be a good, interesting um, dynamic. So having him back is brilliant. I mean, he had five goals and assists. In one month, I think in August, was it five goals and two assists, uh, three goals and two assists, or something like that? Mm-hmm. I um, think so, in one yeah. month, yeah, he did really well. Did really well early doors. So getting him back is going to be huge as well. Uh, and you know, one or two players got some minutes into their legs. Um, TJ, for instance, I know that um, I don't think he. I think he was probably a little bit to blame for their goal. You might, you might say, from what I've seen. Um, but again, I like to see him playing in central defence, and I think he's, you know, he's, he's made for that right side of central defence. So there was positives to take from it. I don't know if we get all of the twenty grand or if it's split because it was a draw. I seem to think if you do a draw in a group, if you get drawn in a, uh, a draw in the group stage, you split the money five grand and five grand. So I don't know if we split it ten grand and ten grand were Morecambe because it's a draw. I don't know if it's literally at that stage if you go through, because obviously in the group stage, a draw yeah. is a draw, isn't it? As I say, surely if you if you go through to the next round, that should be the qualifiers to get the prize money. Yeah, but football's not sensible. This is, is very it, true. Is yeah, very true. Uh, either way, there's money. We've progressed. We've got a home draw in the next round. Um, the, the, there's positives, I think. And, yeah. and winning a penalty shootout is... You know, it's the second penalty shootout we've won this season because obviously we won at Barrow. Jordan Wright was the hero there. Do you know what? If we got into, if we went to Southampton and there's a minute left on the clock and it's nil nil, if I was Mark Kennedy, I'd be bringing Jordan Wright on yeah. because he is a player you do not want to take a penalty against because he's absolutely. huge. He's bigger he's than the absolutely rat massive. Yeah. yeah, he is. <laughs> he's, but I think he's bigger than Josh Griffiths. And Josh Griffiths, you stood he next was. to him and he was big, but yeah. Yeah, a mate of mine met um, uh, met Jordan when he uh, he brought his kids to the game and he did the moment of magic thing. Um, yeah. And there's a, a photo of him. It's got his lad, my mate, and Jordan Wright. And it, it is honestly like the evolution of man, sort of <laughs> just in three stages. Um, but yeah, no, fantastic, yeah. Uh, fantastic result. And uh, I mean, to be fair, so, not not so bad saves also- either. No, they were good saves. I was going to say also positive we scored all of our penalties. Yes. Because there was a while where, I mean, first of all, there was a while where you never saw a penalty save at Lincoln. And in normal yeah. times still, it's, it's yeah, I think Josh Vickers saved one against Burton. And then I don't think we saw a penalty save after that for, for ages, or we hadn't seen one before that for ages. And then, but in shootouts, we've had some good penalties. I mean, Alex Palmer was brilliant. If I remember against Hull in the quarterfinal of the trophy a couple of years ago, Drew 0-0, I went through on penalties. I think Ethan 
Ross had penalty saves and we won a penalty shootout against Man City. I can't actually remember us losing many penalty shootouts. Accrington, we lost on penalties to get knocked out of the competition a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, did we lose one at Scunthorpe? Didn't we have a player sent off? Sam Slocum was in goal. I can't remember. We don't lose many penalty shootouts. So obviously Sunderland yeah. when Remy uh, Longdon yeah. kind of missed. But he's good to get that practice in because I'll tell you something, if they've done the penalty, won the penalty shootout against Morecambe and then, as I say, at the end of December, you go to Southampton and it's a penalty shootout. Southampton haven't had that many. And, and it's just that confidence. And we took some good penalties. And we got some good penalty takers. Yeah. And when Regan Paul stepped up, I'm like, never known him to score a penalty and take a penalty. Bang, back of the net. Back of the net. <laughs> Eat my goal. Jurassic Park. Um yeah, He's got I, a foot like a traction engine. <laughs> There's there are two bits from pop culture that I always think about. Like they always spring to mind when stuff happens. Like there's the Alan Partridge bit when someone scores a great goal. And then there's the Mitchell and Webb sketch when someone's talking about how much football there is on the telly. Yeah, it's just yeah, constantly. <laughs> I think it's the Alan Partridge, because I remember that was World Cup nineteen ninety-four. Yeah. And it was on one of the satellite channels at the time. You used to put it on and they'd got all the goals and it was Alan Partridge doing the goals. And he'd be like, what? And his head would come in. His head would come across yeah, like that's a graphic. Right, yeah. <laughs> anyway, here we go. Love a um, bit of Alan Partridge. I'm not driving a Mini Metro. Lynn, I'm not driving a Mini Metro. <laughs> They've rebadged it, you fool. I pierced my foot on a spot. <laughs> that was the one that was going through my head. <laughs> oh, I love Alan Partridge. Free cut. She won't watch it. She hates it. Same. Rach is the same. She won't watch it at all, but I, I just find it absolutely brilliant. Have you seen um, Alpha Papa? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Only once I went to the cinema to see it in Loughborough. In Leicester, very, actually. But yeah, yeah. It's very, very good. A friend of mine recommended me something um, that he did a while ago called Scissored Isle. Okay, is, um, it's like a mockumentary sort of thing with with him fronting it. So I'll have to check that out at some point. Um, cool. Very good. But yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we've, we've spoken about that. With the, the draw uh, is either Mansfield or Everton kids at home. Yeah, that's right. Either way, I think you said it on Twitter. Either way, it's a win- that probably a winnable tie. Yeah, I mean, we talk about winnable ties. Chippenham was a winnable tie, and Bristol City wasn't. So, but you're quite right. It's a, you know, my first thought was winnable tie, mainly because it's at home. It's either against one of the under-21 teams or, or a League 2 team. Um, mm-hmm. And neither of them had particularly great group stages. I think um, Hartlepool were woeful, which is why Everton won 6-0. But they'd only gone to penalties against Morecambe and Harrogate, won 1-1 and lost one. I mean, they lost Drew with Morecambe and lost on penalties. Um, and Mansfield, I think, had lost at Grimsby, and and I think they beat Derby on penalties. But again, it was you know weakened Derby side. So I think of the teams that were coming out the hat. I mean, I, I watched the draw, and you think Salford away? No, I don't want that because they'll be up for it. You didn't want Man United kids because they look like they're they might you know them and Chelsea look like the two under twenty ones teams that might actually get to the final and just ruin the competition for everybody um, mm. who still cares about it at all. Bolton, you didn't want Bolton. Uh, so, Joe, there was a lot of teams you didn't want, but actually, you know, when I look down at, I'm like, well, Accrington at home, or um, or, or or Everton, or, or kids in Mansfield at home. That's the draw you want. So it's the first time I've watched a draw and actually got the draw that I want. Mm. Okay. So, ironically, when I watched the FA Cup draw, I actually really wanted Chippenham. 
well, no, I did. It yeah. came out. It's like, yeah, brilliant draw. Because, yeah. And that's the thing. When people react, like they go to Southampton, oh, it's a shit draw, it's a shit draw. Tell you something, go to Southampton and win. Nobody will be complaining about the draw. Yeah, Nobody I mean, we said what do we? Uh, it's the easiest thing to go back to. What do we say about Burnley? Not a great draw. Exactly. And and um, the thing is, again, even if you take it at the real base level, and I got criticism from uh, Marcus, I think, for this Marcus Needham because I said Southampton draws better money than a home tie. Any any tie at home, you know, okay, you get Liverpool at home, it would have been a full house, but potentially you still have to, you, you still have to give half of that back to the other team. So mm. if you've got 20,000 people coming in at, at 10, 15 quid, it, you know, potentially we'll earn more money. I think I spoke, somebody said to me that they expect that the club will make, the club will make between 70 to 100,000 pounds out of the Southampton game, but we'll get no, no prize bad. money for it. You know, prize money until you get to the semi-final. So Premier yeah. team, League team away was, was a good draw. In this competition, to make money, you have to win the games, which is different. Do you know what I mean? The League Cup, you yeah, want to be yeah. away in front of a big crowd. This competition, you want to win games of football. Um, and we're only going to make any money in terms of crowds off this. Maybe if you got to a semi-final or, or like what used to be the area final, you might get seven or 8,000. I'd go along to that since a wank. If you want kick away from Wembley, I would have gone to Sunderland. But I've got no interest. I'll go to if we play Mansfield. I'll probably go to that. If we play Everton under twenty ones, I, d- I doubt I'll go. Yeah, no, I think I'm kind of in the same boat. I think that the only under twenty ones game I've been to was the Chelsea under twenty ones game when it was the semi final. Yeah. No, I've um, been to a few. Hypocrite. I've been to Everton under twenty ones when we played them before. Uh, I went to who were the other under twenty one teams we played? I've seen Man United under twenty ones, but that was Mike Appleton's first game in charge. I can't think which under-21 team we had the year after. It might have been Wolves. I skipped Wolves. I skipped Newcastle. Man City was behind closed doors. Was Man City behind closed doors or Man United? I think think United was behind closed doors because I seem to remember that that was on their subscription channel and I've got a a mate who was texting me all the time just saying, you you know, you look all right. And then there was the the lad who's, um, oh, what's is it Hannibal? Hannibal. Yeah, Hannibal. who's who's, uh, who's at the World Cup at the minute? So um, yeah, yeah I, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't watch Wolves. I went to Everton under twenty one, Chelsea under twenty ones, and Man United when Michael Appleton first started, first came in. But I skipped Wolves, skipped Newcastle, skipped Man City. So yeah, and it, do you know what? It's not even on principle. It's just because I don't want to watch my team playing under twenty one team unless there's. Do you know what I mean? Like, if it's if there's a place at Wembley, I'll go to watch it. The first year I went to watch it because it was a novelty. I wanted to see what it was like. And I sat watching the under-21 team and thought, it's like a friendly. Do you know I don't mm. go to friendlies either. So, Yeah. There we go. So. Um, but there we go. That's, that's you know, that's sort of where we are with the uh, with the Papa John's. Um, but shall we, shall we wrap up by talking a little bit about the league and, and how we've seen it? Uh, in general, just Lincoln and, you know, Lincoln's position in the league and, and where we think things are going to end up in... Uh, in well, I say in May, but obviously January is going to change a lot of that for a few clubs. Yeah, I've got some interest. Here. I, I, let me kind of when I say quiz you, I've, I've got Y Scout open, and I'm really interested. No, 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 I'm, I'm really interested in two two kind of things. Um, first of all, there's, there's some of the top teams in the division. So in general, it's interesting to see who, for instance, do you know who has got the most expected goals against in the division? Against. Uh, yeah probably say Burton Morecambe uh, Burton have conceded most goals so it's yeah. a very good educated guess and they're fifth in expected goals against but do you know the team that are expected to concede the second amount of goals and this is a real surprise 
Uh, given that you're saying it's a surprise, I'm, I'm going to guess it's one of the teams that's not in the bottom four. Um, it's not in the bottom four. So I'm going to say Shrewsbury. Plymouth. Wow, okay. Plymouth expected goals against 34.38. And they've conceded... 22. Yeah, exactly. So actually, they've they've ridden their luck at times. And, and then we'll talk in a minute about teams that have got the staying power and going the distance... I thought from the way that we played Plymouth and the way that they defended, they surprised me that they're where they are. If you've got mm. James Wilson playing as your your central centre-back, which we ascertained last week he was playing, for me, he couldn't get in our League 2 title win inside at centre-back. Now he's playing centre-back for a team at the top of League 1 who should have conceded, according to this, 34.38 goals. Bear in mind, that, also, that doesn't actually include FA Cup, where they conceded six against Grimsby. So mm. that's worth bearing in mind. So to, I, I won't make you guess these because it's boring for the listeners. Average age, we are the second youngest side in terms of team, uh, the squads that we've put out at 24.1 with only Barnsley at 23.9 younger. But do you know who's made the fewest substitutions this season? And you should do because you're doing a podcast wow. about them. <laughs> Is it us? <laughs> It is us. We've made 47 substitutions. Shrewsbury have made 51. And the next most, Derby, which is the, the third fewest, is 57. So we are 10 substitutions fewer than the third fewest, which I think is really, really interesting. Um, I'd be interested to see what that stat was like last season because Appleton very rarely used his subs, didn't he? Well, it's funny you should say that, Ben, because I have stats like that at my fingertips. Um, and the fewest substitutions last season was Accrington on 103. Uh, we actually made 125 substitutions last season, which made us 17th um, in terms sounds... of in terms of fewest. Yeah, that that sounds high. Yeah, to me. Uh, so hang on, let me make that out. So it was Accrington on 103. Shrewsbury 106, Gillingham 108, Cambridge 112, Wigan 120, Charlton 121, Morecambe 123, and then us on 125. Wow, okay. That's just so a, the three a game then. So, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. then that obviously it's the, you know. I mean, obviously, yeah. You, 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 double. You've got some cup games in there, bear in mind as well. The FA Cup isn't counted, but your Papa John's games are in there. Ah, uh, okay, like fair that. So, oh no, that's, I think that actually might just be League One. That might just be League One. So, I was just going to say, I know there, there were quite a few games where no substitutions at all were made last season. Yeah, there were one or two. Mm. I think quite a few is that kind of how you imagine it to how it actually is kind of thing is, is, yeah, is very different. So, but yeah, I think I think we've actually done quite, um, we've done considerably better in, uh, over the last couple of weeks com- looking at some of the stats. You know, in terms of conceded XG, uh, I think at one point we were um, we were one of the worst teams in the division, mm. and obviously I think we've improved on that now. I'm just trying to find the numbers, uh, and I can't. So that's rubbish radio, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but we were one of the we were. Oh, there we go. It's under general um, expected goals against. So expected goals against. We were uh, we were kind of right down there, weren't we? And we're now. Ninth best in the division. So ninth best in the division for expected goals against. Uh, and our XG per shot, yeah. So we were basically since the Port Vale game, we've we've got considerably better. And that was a fear of mine. I always say your XG eventually, the 
even over the course of a season, your XG and your conceded goals might not be comparable. But over two or three seasons, if you're if you're um, allowing chances at your goal, eventually you're going to concede goals. And it happened with Plymouth a couple of years ago when they had the likes of um, Graham Carey playing from his great, great player. Um, but they had their XG uh, was was shocking compared to the goals they were scoring. And eventually those goals dried up. And they got what they got relegated. So, so yeah, go on. Then. Let's talk about the, the division. What 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 we're going to say? What are we saying? I mean, first off, I think uh, I I'm I'm pleasantly and genuinely a little bit surprised at where we where we are at the stage of the season. You know, the, you said it. We're not going to be we're not going to be in the bottom fourth Christmas. Um, it's everybody that you spoke to probably before the start of the season or, you know, said, well, yeah, all right, I'd, I'd probably take 20th or above. And I've just realised you've just put your headphones back in, so you probably didn't actually hear what I said. No, I was, I was swapping ears. I only oh, have one okay. in one ear and one out. <laughs> I swap them every so often. Fair enough. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think I, I think a lot of people, whether it was slightly tongue-in-cheek, saying, oh, I'd take 20th at the end of the season, you know. But the fact is we're, we're flying a lot higher than we thought we would and, with the caveat earlier of yes, it's a lot tighter than it usually probably would be at this stage of the season. Um, you can't deny the fact at the minute that we're sitting ninth in the table and we're playing decent games of football. Um, I think the squad seems to be gelling, and I think the the um, the fact that we have a few players out through injury at the moment, um, despite the fact that they're key players, you know, goal scorers. I, I I don't necessarily think we've missed them because the, there's that sort of um, uh, the, the philosophy there of having two players for every position. And I think having that and having players that are able to come in, um, they're all, you know, of a fairly similar ability level. But, you know, I, yes, I would love to see Teddy, uh, Teddy Bishop and Danny Mandroya back in the squad or, in the you know, in the starting 11. But, you know, Charles Vernon's done really well since he's come in. Um, and I think ultimately, you know, we, we de- we're starting to see that we do have a decent squad, although it is quite small. We've got the players that have the flexibility to fit into those positions, and I think we're, you know, we're, we're where we are on merit. There's, there's no, there's, in my opinion, there's no, you know, fluke about where we are at the minute. I think it's full credit to everybody in the in the, in the club and in the squad, uh, you know, in the, in the team that are doing the jobs that they're doing. I think we've just been really good. Um, Chipping and feels like a long time ago. <laughs> said that, said that uh, the other day. You know, coming away from that game, you had people that, um, you know, and I quote, wanted Mark Kennedy to uh, quote, "fuck off and die." But um, the fact oh, is, <laughs> no, I know, uh, there was there was there was there was a couple that were extremely angry. But what on social media? No, no, at the game. Okay, I didn't say that. Yeah, or hear that. Um, yeah, I, when you said we were going to talk about League One, I didn't realise we were basically going to talk about Lincoln. I no, we I mean that, like, that's that's sort of where I'm thinking about from from where we are in the division. Um, expected points, we're fifth from bottom. Really? Yeah, yeah. Expected points uh, our expected points is, and that's based on expected goals and, and results and all that sort of thing. Is it, it, 21, which would be level with Cheltenham. Um, so we've. But we, we know we've outperformed in some games. So if you took the Ipswich and the Barnsley games where you know they take the expected goals in those games, well, Barnsley, and so it only tells you a certain story. Um, but it's how we were bottom at one point. So we're actually climbing that as well. And for me, what that tells you, it doesn't say we should be fifth from bottom. It says that 
you know, we were struggling to create chances and we were conceding a lot of chances. And over the course of the last month, over the course of November, actually, we've we've gone some way to addressing that. Um, and it's quite like you say, I think Mark Kennedy is a work in progress. I think I said it, I can't remember if it was on a dog walk or on a phone call to Pete or something like that, but he's, you know, he's building slowly. Um, mm. And I think it will be a couple of transfer windows before we see the best of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best of, or the best of his team, rather. But you know, we, I, I don't have any fear right now that we'll be a League Two team next season. And when we kicked the first ball, yep. it was at the back of my mind. I think I predicted us to either go down or finish just one above in in the predictions. Uh, and I, I don't see that now. I see that there are not just four teams worse than us. I see that there are many other teams worse than us. And I also think that we can take points off the the teams above us. So. Um, yeah, I think that that's. Uh, I think that's where we are. Yeah. Interestingly, the team with the most expen- expected points, but with the lowest return, are Oxford. Oxford have only got twenty four points, and their expected points is is thirty two, and then Port Vale on thirty with twenty six points. So, yeah, interesting. Depending on your definition of interesting, of course. <laughs> I'm sure Andy Pearson won't find it interesting. He likes it when you call me a cock after I've made you look like a knob. Um, he likes he likes knob jokes, basically, and things <laughs> like that, doesn't he? It's, that's the level um, that we need to be at in order to retain Andy's listenership. So. I wonder if that's why he likes it when I'm on, because that's basically my level. Um, because you're a knob. Is that basically what you're saying? No, because knob jokes are, are you know, my level of humour. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think overall, you know, the, the division, I think I'm trying to think what we said at the start of the season for the, the teams that we would imagine being top um, and in Peter the playoffs. Bro, I, said. I think, no. yeah, we, we both said Peterborough. I think I said Portsmouth, both said Ipswich. I think Peterborough and Ipswich were the top two for both of us, I think. I said Chef Wednesday had struggled and they haven't done. No, it surprised me a little bit. I, I think I said that Derby were going to be my surprise strugglers. Um, but they've, you know, they've, they've not exactly struggled massively at the minute. Um, and yeah, I mean, at the bottom four, I think that's sort of as expected. Um, no, not at all, is it? MK Dons weren't expected to be bottom four at all. Sorry, yeah, no, I mean, three, three of the bottom four, mainly because you know, Forest Green are there. Um, but yeah, no, MK Dons, I think, is, is the biggest surprise for, for a few people. Uh, you know, the, a lot of people had them tipped for for playoffs um, and for doing uh, doing very well this season. Um, but they are... Um, I, th- I didn't realise this. All four teams in the bottom four are on the same amount of points. At the minute, yeah, 14, so. six points adrift, which is a yeah. lot to be adrift about, a lot to be Absolutely. adrift. It's actually a shame that we didn't get to play that game against MK Dons. That was mm. cancelled. Nor has it been rescheduled. We really would like to have had that rescheduled before January. Before January, taken, obviously, we, but it's not going to happen now. I mean, you look at going into December at the minute. We've got um, obviously Shrewsbury, uh, Wickham, Cheltenham, Bristol City, and one of Everton or Manchester uh, or Everton or Mansfield. Sorry, so we've got five games. So we play Saturday, Saturday, then Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, going into Christmas. Last game before Christmas is Southampton. Then you've got Burton Albion on. The twenty sixth, Bolton, I think, has now been moved to the thirtieth. Ipswich has then been moved to the. Uh, you know, it's it's a, a big big run of games. It is, and the fact is, when you come out of that, we talk because sometimes you think about going into the Christmas period, and you think you, you play a few games. But the Christmas period for me is really all the way through December, 
because mm-hmm. it's you know that's your build up and and we had a good run under Michael Appleton a couple of years ago when um, after he'd first taken over I think we beat Tranmere and Burton and it it kind of pulled us away from the relegation mire and I just think by the time we go to Ipswich or Ipswich come to us on the second of January you know, we're going to be defining where we're finishing. If we're yeah. still in this position now, come that point when we've got another, so what have we played at the minute? 18 games, is that right? So we yep. would have played 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So that'll be game number 24. So that will actually be halfway. That's unusual. Um, exactly halfway at, at the end of the year. If we're ninth halfway through the season, brilliant. And do you know yeah. what? I don't, like I said, I don't think we will be. So, But I just I think that the division is overrated. And I've said it a million times already. I, I really think it is. I think outside of, um, I mean, Plymouth are a good side, but I think we've demonstrated on the podcast that actually they're, they're susceptible. And they, it would really surprise me if Plymouth finish in the, in the top two of the, of the division. I, I still think it's hard to look beyond Ipswich and at the minute Sheffield Wednesday for those top two positions. But actually, you look at, at teams in, in and around the playoffs like Derby and Barnsley, but, you know, they're, they're all right. They're bigger clubs. They've got a little bit more money. And that's the difference. And it goes all the way with tight, all the way back to the top of the show when we were talking about Morecambe. They would be a good side if they had a bit more money. There is no difference between Morecambe and Derby or Barnsley, apart from the fact that Derby and Barnsley can spend more money on better players. That's the difference. Morecambe were every bit as good a side in terms of the football that they were playing, albeit with limited um, limited yeah. kind of ability, as any of the teams we've seen this season. I haven't seen a team at Sinsel Bank this season that was significantly better than Morecambe in all areas. I really yeah. haven't. So. Yeah, no, I think um, I think that's a, a decent summation. You know, uh, it, it is... I, I think probably when you say it, it, the league is overrated... I think I agree with you to the point of, you know, you can immediately pick out what those those five or six teams that you think, shit, well, they're going to do well because they've got, you know, they've got the money, they've got the players and all the rest of it. But then there's sort of that middle pack, isn't it? And it's something that we spoke about before where we said you've essentially got two leagues under that top six. Um, and it's whether you're going to finish in that the, the sort of top league or the bottom league, I guess. Um I, I think there's I think there's three leagues. I think there is, and it might prove prove wrong. I think there's the bottom seven, and, and at the minute there's only a point or two between them. So there's the bottom seven or eight. So you've got kind of your Forest Green, Burton, Morecambe, MK Dons, Cambridge, Accrington, potentially Cheltenham and Fleetwood. Potentially, and there's only a point there at the minute. Potentially them, then from Shrewsbury, Charlton, Oxford, Bristol Rovers, Wickham, Exeter, Port Vale, and us is the next division. And then I think from there, Portsmouth, Derby, Barnsley, as you were saying, all teams that have been Championship or above over the past few years. Yeah. So I'd like to think that we're clinging into that Port Vale, Exeter, Wickham, Bristol Rovers, and really. Port Vale and Exeter are outperforming. They've got no right. When I say they've got no right to be there, they're doing very well as they've got that kind of promotion yeah. bounce. We should be mixing it with the Oxfords, with the greatest respect, the Charltons, because mm-hmm. they've been crap for a few years. Shrewsbury, they're the sort of teams that are established in this division. Maybe you could count Fleetwood in there as well. Wickham, for me, yeah, they were in the championship, but they went up. Ask Peterborough fans about Wickham's promotion. They didn't deserve it. <laughs> That's what they'll tell you. 
Yeah, they will, and arguably, you, there's a case for them actually not being all that great, and and that's what, they're the teams that we want to be in and around, and, and yeah. we've just got to stay at the top half of that. So yeah, that's what I meant when I said there's um, there's two divisions under the top set. I yeah. meant there's there's the three, yeah. like you say. I think it's it's a fair assessment of the league, and I think ultimately we should probably be aiming to be uh, to be in and around that. You know, as a as a goal, anything above. Anything above mid table is is going to be an amazing season for me. So fingers crossed we yeah. can keep it there. Cool. Um, but yeah, with no no game at the weekend to preview, we've not got Jake on tonight. Um, and I believe uh, it may well be you and Chris next week, as I am on holiday. Might get um, Jake on as well. We'll see. Okay, we'll see, we'll see how I feel. Cool. Um, so, Might have some uh, yeah, that's probably a decent shout. Actually, ping some questions over to to um, at Stacey West blog on Twitter. Why not? Um, for next week but until then um, we won't see you at the bank because we're not there but up the imps up the imps it's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow you've got your McNugget share boxes on the go your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.